Friends, hello, my name is Adam Musto and I am the senior pastor here at First United Methodist Church, Kearney. I wanna say what's up to all my friends at Westside and I also wanna give a special welcome to anyone who will be encountering this message online or on our brand new podcast. Thank you so much. I wanna introduce you to a YouTuber who goes by the name L.A. Beast. Now, if you're not familiar, a YouTuber is somebody who records events and activities in their life and post them online, on YouTube. There are people who actually make a living doing this. And far be it for me to criticize anybody who's getting paid for making a video. So the LA Beast, what he's done is he's purchased two extremely rare packs of basketball cards off of eBay from 1986. And he's looking for, he's in search of, an elusive Michael Jordan rookie card. And so he's in search of this extremely rare card against all odds. Roll the YouTube footage. But what I have here in my hands right now are two very rare packs of 1986 Fleer basketball cards, which I spent $579 on eBay for. Why? Because they may contain the holy grail of all sports cards, a Michael Jordan rookie, which if found, in gem mint condition can bring anywhere from fifteen to twenty thousand dollars if not even higher so what I'm going to do right here right now is hopefully with the love of God and, and, and the luck of the Irish get a return on my investment alright I just finished meditating oh, as we have <laughs> we have the final Pack, to which this, this is, it could either be a solid, I don't know what it's going to be, because I, I, can't, I can't see straight, I need to get my bearing straight right now. Ooh. Here we go, this is, this is for the all or nothing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, okay. Alright, okay, we have, a, we have a Dominique Wilkins sticker on the back, uh, and uh, I'm so nervous. You can see the gum, that's gum, that's from 1986. Ooh, how am I gonna pick these up? Okay. Uh, all right, here we go. We have a Randy Whitman. Good old Randy W, Randy Whitman. Herb Williams, Herb Williams, Herbie Hancock, oh, Clark, Clark Kellogg. Kellogg's is actually a great company that makes cereal. Clark Kellogg, oh, Gus Williams. Ah! No! Ah! Are you are you kidding me? Okay, we did it. We got it. I don't know what to do. Oh, okay, okay. We have a Michael Jordan rookie card. Oh man, I, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Like the joy he has when he opens up and discovers that card, right? He, he can barely speak, his, his hands, his hands are trembling. Now I, I don't know if, if any of us have ever opened up 
a Michael Jordan rookie card from a 1986 pack of Topps cards online before, but I am curious in what is it that brings you joy? That, that emotion of deep happiness, a, a sense of delight. I think the world is short on joy right now. You don't, you don't need me to point out all of the pain and violence that people have experienced in our own community and around the world. How, how are, as Christians, how are we supposed to be joyful in the midst of all of that? The Bible has a lot to say about joy. In the scriptures, the, the second half of the Bible is, is called the New Testament. And, and we find a list of things that describe what Christians should be like. It, it's a very famous passage of scripture. It's called the fruit of the spirit. And, and basically the meaning is, if, if you claim to know God, then these types of things should be the result. This comes from Galatians chapter five. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy should be one of the things that followers of Jesus are known by, but I'm not always sure that's the case. Like, like being a pastor is, is a strange thing. It's, it's weird, especially when I meet people for the first time, which I've been doing a lot of lately since I'm new to town. Now, I'm not talking about when I meet y'all. Y'all are very nice. Y'all get it. I'm talking about when I'm out and about. I actually try and actively avoid someone I don't know finding out that I'm a pastor because almost every time I meet someone new and they find out I'm a pastor, one of two things happens. One, they either stop or they apologize for cursing around me or they tell me how long it's been since they've been to church and why. I, like, I'm totally serious. This happens to me all the time. Now, why is it when someone meets a preacher, they feel the need to either apologize for their language or rationalize why they don't go to church? These are two things associated with guilt. And when they meet me, what they're responding to is, is the fact that Christians are known more by what we're against than what we're for. And to me, that's a very sad thing. This morning, we're gonna read a story about joy. One of the things we should be known for as Christians, we're finishing up our series, Have You Heard This One? on the parables of Jesus. I got another couple quick verses for you today, but we've got a lot to unpack. What Jesus describes as joy is a much deeper emotion than when we find a Michael Jordan rookie or, or we get a good parking spot or our Insta feed is blowing up. D did I say it right? Okay. <laughs> the joy Jesus describes is found in sacrifice. What I hope we'll discover today is that the joy you get from giving is greater than the joy you get from getting. The words of our Savior come to us this morning from the book of Matthew. Matthew is one of the four biographies of Jesus in the New Testament that are referred to as the Gospels. This is simply a word that means good news. And we're going to be reading uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. 
The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, what's he referring to? Uh, the kingdom of heaven, or, or another phrase he'll use is the kingdom of God. Uh, Jesus is referring to a new way of living made possible by Jesus' entrance onto planet earth. This is called the incarnation. And because Jesus came to us in the form of a person, this, this is kind of like phase one. That through his power, we can begin to experience the kind of life that God desires for all creation. Phase two of the kingdom of God is when Jesus returns and all things will be restored to the way God designed them, that things will be made right as God intended. The kingdom of heaven, is, it's a tricky thing to get your mind around. And that's why Jesus tells lots of stories that all start with the kingdom of God is like. He's trying to make a comparison that we can understand. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Now, now that doesn't make much sense. Why would somebody bury something valuable? And we need to remember that in the first century, uh, there was no such thing as the Carney Trust Company back in the day. And so the, the best way to secure something, the safest way to keep your money or your valuables was to secure them yourself. And, and burying them secretly in a field made a lot more sense than trying to stash them away in your home where somebody could break in and steal it. So when you think about it, burying your treasure in the ground kind of seems like a good plan. And, and then we kind of might think this other thing, like, well, if, if this person discovered this treasure, what are the ethical issues involved in him buying the field from this other person that doesn't know there's a treasure there? Like, what's that? Shouldn't that be on some disclosure sheet <laughs> from the realtor? Uh, Jewish law in the first century was the same as our law as first graders, which was pretty much finders keepers. And, and so it wouldn't have been a big deal for somebody who discovered this to, to buy this field and acquire this treasure for themselves. But, but the, that's, that, all that's really beyond the point. Like who knows, we shouldn't get bogged down in the details. The point is that this person gave up a lot to acquire the treasure, but they were happy to do so. We read, in his joy, went and sold all he had. The word we translate into joy in English in Greek is kara, joy, the emotion of great happiness and pleasure. This, this word kara is the same word we read earlier out of Galatians, one of the fruits of the Spirit being joy. It's also the same word that's used when the angel announced the birth of Jesus from Luke 2. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. So in his joy, he went and sold all he had to get this other thing. He was happy to do it. What do you think this guy's friends were saying about him while he was selling all his stuff? Now the story of the hidden treasure is paired with a similar one with a couple important distinctions. 
Jesus does in, in, in this chapter of Matthew something he does a lot. And, and that's reiterating his point by beginning another story with the word again. So he told us a little bit of what the kingdom of God is like. He's going to reinforce it for us. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So this narrative is different from the hidden treasure. In the first story, the treasure was discovered almost accidentally, like by happenstance, randomly. But in this story, the merchant is actively seeking valuable pearls. It's like the LA beast searching for the Michael Jordan rookie. I think people are searching for lots of different things in life. You know, acceptance, a place to belong, morality, or, or right and wrong, a map to know how to live your life. Peace or, or comfort from the many painful circumstances that they've endured. Purpose, that, that our existence isn't just random, but, but there's, there's more to it, there's a higher order, there's, there's a higher plan at work. When you search for God, what you end up with may be different than what you started out looking for. But when you find it, you'll give up anything to get it. Sometimes we discover God by accident. Sometimes in our search for God, we find what we're looking for. Biblical scholar Douglas Hare said this in his commentary on this chapter of the book of Matthew. This is what he wrote about this, these stories as a pair. The emphasis falls not on the finding, whether accidental as in the first parable or the result of long diligence as in the second, but on the overwhelming response made to the discovery. In each case, the finder sells all he possesses in order to take possession of what he has found. The joy that the treasure brings is well worth the price. The, the, the discovered pearl is way more valuable than what it costs to acquire. You give up a lot, but what you get in the end is greater. This is what Jesus says the kingdom of God is like. One thing I'm certain of is that the kingdom of God is the opposite of many of our instincts as humans. The kingdom of heaven is counterintuitive. One of the things I've committed to in my first weeks and months as your pastor is attending uh, listening sessions, and they've been great. Uh, it's simple conversations I have with groups of folks gathered in homes, and it's a great way for me to meet people and, and learn about the church, kind of who, who we are, how we see ourselves. And, and one of the questions I always ask every group is when was a time when you were proud of our church? And, and without exception, one of the things that comes up was when our church uh, experienced a sewage backup and a resulting flood uh, within the last decade. And, and it's, it struck me that this would be one of the times that people see as a highlight in the history of our church. Now, now if you weren't around for that, hey, you're in good company, I wasn't either. But so many people have described it as a time when our whole church came together. The amount of work that needed to be done in a short amount of time was staggering. I mean, we're talking sewage backup. 
People worked around the clock. They gave of their resources. They gave of their skills and their gifts. They sacrificed and they found joy. Now it makes zero sense on paper that one of our best days as a church could have literally been our crappiest. Like, I, can I say that? I can say that, right? Okay, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna go with that. Uh, that's exactly the type of thing that can only happen in the kingdom of God, where people gave up so much and the joy they received in return was more than worth it. Earlier this summer, our students went to Minneapolis on a mission trip. They served food, they engaged with senior centers and, and boys and girls clubs. Uh, there was work done painting and home repair. They slept on floors. They had limited access to showers and had almost no privacy for a week. Oh, and they paid for the privilege of going to do this. This is the opposite of everything we know about economics. When you work, you get paid. You don't pay to go work. That makes no sense. One of our adult leaders was, was kind of convinced to go along. And, you know, from, from what I kind of guess in his mind, well, it's, it's, it's a week with my daughter before she goes off to school. And he came back amazed at how God was at work during that week. Now, here's a guy who... who what, what he discovered was like a treasure hidden in a field. It was unexpected. He didn't see it coming. This pearl of great price cost him a week of vacation and a sore back from sleeping on an air mattress for a week. And what he discovered was that in the kingdom of God, the joy you get from giving is greater than the joy you get from getting. So this week, I invite you to think about where you find joy and what's worth it to give up in order to acquire that joy. If you want to grow deeper in your faith, you're going to need to invest some time in studying the scriptures, in prayer, in community with other people. And so being part of a class or a small group, it's going to cost you some time. Maybe some time in the afternoon, probably an evening. Are you willing to make the trade? If, if we want to make a difference in our community, if we want to make a difference in the ministries here at our own church, it's going to take a sacrifice. Giving of your time and your gifts and your energy among the many competing priorities in your life. But friends, I promise you it's worth it. What brings you joy? So this week, as we leave this place, what if instead of weighing in on, on, with our opinions online or, or putting somebody on blast on social media, we use that platform we have access to to build people up? What would happen if we showed up to school or to work, not looking for, for how to get ahead, but who we can serve? How would our witness change if our faith wasn't just about all the forbidden things you miss out on, but instead all the joy you get? Let's pray. 
God, we thank you so much for the chance uh, to read your word together. It's our prayer that we're both challenged and encouraged uh, by the story that Jesus told us to help us understand what the kingdom of heaven is like. Help us to be true citizens of that kingdom. Help us to go against our instincts and with joy give up so much of what we can't keep in the first place in order to gain what we cannot lose. Help us to be people that are defined by joy. In Jesus' name, amen.